So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day, got a review here from Kath Green. Thanks, Pat Hyben. Really excited to join the group and she is referring to the Real Estate Rockstars group on Facebook, a free group that anybody can join. I love listening to your podcast in the car on my way to and from my appointments. I own an agency in Western Australia in partnership with my mum. We started in 2007 and do sales and property management on equestrian, lifestyle, rural, and development properties in an area between Chittering, approximately 200 kilometers from us, and Albany. 300 kilometers from us we are based in a lovely royal area called harvey so love listening and getting new ideas from you to implement keep up the great work that is from kath green hey love the shout out from australia as we know as you may have known we are at close to a hundred different countries where real estate agents and investors are listening to us so it is awesome seeing these from other countries Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you in full by Rebus University, the future of real estate training. Go now to www.rebusuniversity.com and use the coupon code ROCK for 20% off your first course. Double your commissions now with Rebus University. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great returning guest. I had so many reviews and so many people that reached out to me after he came on last when they were like, wow, this is amazing. Someone who was fired from a major brokerage and then went on and just bounced back like nobody's business and has created uh, something incredible in Fargo, North Dakota, and who is growing by leaps and bounds. And they said, man, you got to get him back on the show. So here he is. He's back. Mr. Eric Hatch, excited to have you back on Real Estate Rockstars, buddy. Uh, thanks, my man. Good to be here. Uh, it is frozen outside, but man, I'm warm inside on my heart. So good to be here, man. That's awesome. My wife and I started watching the Netflix uh, thing, Fargo. And so it's a, I don't know if you've seen any of them. They're a little far out. Um, it, it's exactly like that here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to a T. All right, cool. Well, um, so uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to everybody in case they didn't hear your first episode, which was, by the way, episode 512, so they can get to know you better. Sure. Uh, Eric Hatch, Fargo, North Dakota is where I call home. It's where I sell houses. Uh, I have been in the real estate industry now. I was part-time 2006 to the beginning part of 2011. So for five years, I spent uh, spent my time dabbling in full-time ministry and part-time real estate. 
uh, in 2011, made the jump into full-time uh, real estate. And uh, then all of a sudden, after a year of that, I started a team because that's what everybody says to do is to start a real estate team uh, after a year. And I did everything wrong. Um, I was a terrible leader, a terrible manager. I knew how to sell houses, but I didn't know how to lead and uh, impact people's lives uh, at that time. And so it all came crashing down on me in 2013. Uh, I got the gift of starting over and was introduced back into the workplace. Uh, uh, went around and uh, started anew with uh, a new real estate company. I was there for nine months until I opened up my own. And so now I have uh, had Hatch Realty, my brokerage and where my team operates from uh, for four years now, uh, almost to the date. And uh, we now, our team is, uh, as of 2016's production, we're the number 40 real estate team in the country uh, when it comes to closed transactions. Uh, in 2016, we closed 594 transactions in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, 2017, we'll finish out uh, between 650 and 660 for closed transactions. So we've had uh, about a 10% growth for transactions, but about a 15% growth for volume. Uh, and so we have had a lot of fun as we've done it. We got here pretty quick and man, I've messed up a lot along the way. Uh, but my team, <laughs> uh, my team is a team of, uh, 40 people right now. I have two expansion markets. Uh, one is brand new and just opened up and the other is about 45 minutes outside of Fargo and a little lakes community. And, uh, that's the fun we're having right now. That's amazing, man. Well, I love how, I love your, your, your just moving fast right you know move like I, I heard this interview with mark zuckerberg last year that uh, uh you know basically said for the first five years at facebook their motto was move fast and break things <laughs> uh i moved fast and i got kicked out so now i can break it on my own instead yeah yes, yeah so now you're breaking less and less and and you're moving fast and, and growing by leaps and bounds so let's get to some nitty-gritty so what, what was the gci on on your team with those 512 units or would you say it's been in the last 12 months what's the what's the eci ego commission income that eric had <laughs> posted that's making you number 40 uh, so when we, uh, when we finished up, uh, at 594 transactions in five, uh, in 2016, uh, we were at 4.1 million in GCI. And this year we're finishing at, uh, about 4.75 million. And so we're increasing there 650,000 in our GCI. Uh, so excited about Not that. Bad. That's, uh, that's What's real your profit margin. Money. Yeah. Uh, happy, happy to have that growth. And we think actually 2018 is going to be our year where we'll hit the thousand transaction mark. I'm really excited about that. Uh, that's beautiful, man. Beautiful. What, what would you say your profit margin is on that? Uh, you know, I'm out of production. I, I don't sell anymore. Um, in addition to that, we're giving away 18% uh, of our profit back to our team. Uh, I, I believe in profit sharing and rising the tide for people, as well as we're giving back 23% uh, of all of our profits back to the community. Um, in, in giving back. And it's just a part of who I am naturally is I want to uh, help make everybody else's world better. And so I work in my business probably two days a week uh, right now and I'll profit 14% uh, uh, of the 4.6 million. Yeah, so, so 4.7 million. Half a million bucks. Yeah, just over that, yep. So let me and ask you this. because I get a salary too on top of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so let me ask you this. Do you know how much of the actual? Because I know you're capped at right. You're capped at a certain amount, right? You give if you make five, you you make five. Let's say you make six million dollars. Twenty percent of six million is one hundred twenty thousand dollars. You give you, one point two million. Yep. You can't write off. What what do you cap that writing off? Isn't it like ten grand or something? I mean, it's like oh, a, for 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 charitable nations. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't care. 
there are tax moves that I can do and there's strategic giving that you can do. Um, I don't need more money, Pat. Like, I, yeah, but I mean, some people look at that and say some of that money, right? You're giving plus a third, right? Because you're actually paying taxes on it. So if yeah. you give somebody a, a million dollars, let's say you're capped at 10 grand or something. I think it's five or 10 grand. I don't know. What I think doing. it's more than that. I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm not a CPA, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I understand. And that's, it, yeah. that's one of the conversations I'm having with my leadership team right now is to figure out uh, how to give more strategically. Um, we're failing forward as, as, as we go. And so if anybody has suggestions on uh, how to give more strategically, uh, my goal and, and something I'm uh, insanely proud of is, is not just the giving that I get a chance to be a part of, but the giving that my organization uh, gets to do. I'll give you an example as I have an agent on my team. Yeah, please. Uh, his name is Kyle. And, uh, and Kyle Reedstrom uh, joined me about three years ago. As he came, uh, he was an engineer by trade and came uh, to work for me and signed up to be a showing partner. And we pay our showing partners a base salary of $30,000. And so he came to me making $30,000. Um, nine months later, graduated to be a buyer agent. And at the age of 26, made uh, a six-figure income for the first time in his life. And he said to me, Eric, when I'm 30 years old, I want to donate $100,000 to charity. Had a, had a giving heart and said, I strategically want to donate 100000 bucks, which I pre, thought was- pre, like, like a one-time thing or, or total in his lifetime time, yeah. before he's 40? One-time thing. When he's 30, he said, I want to donate 100000 bucks." And I challenged him to say, you can't, well, you can just wait until you're 30 and then just donate one lump sum. But wouldn't it be better if we had you train and had you work up your giving uh, so that uh, year one, we devised a plan when he's 27 years old uh, that he donates $10,000. When he's 28, he donates 30000 When he's 29, he donates 60000 And when he's 30, then he'll donate the 100000 It's like training for the marathon, right? You earn your way because he was doing it to have a changed heart. And he was doing it because he desperately wanted to impact his own life and knowing that uh, he would find that value from impacting other people's. And so he now just completed his 28th year of uh, donating $30,000 on his 28th uh, year. And next year will be 60000 and then 100000 And so where I can talk about the giving that I get to be a part of, uh, what I'm even more excited about, Pat, is that we're really creating an army of givers uh, here. And people who are, are having great lives and, and making great wealth, which is exciting, uh, they're finding their incredible value in giving it away. And uh, I'm not the only one in our world. And it's, it's really addicting. Uh, the, the retention rate that we have is about 90% over the last four and a half years. Because we're having people make great wealth, but they're also giving great opportunities to other folks also. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox 
to 444-999. That's Toolbox to 444-999. Wow, that's incredible. So like, like, uh, how are you involving your team in giving and what are you, who are you giving to and, and describe the process if somebody listening wants to do the same thing? Yeah, it's a part of our value proposition, really. Uh, if you're going to come here, you have to have uh, a giver's heart and a servant heart. And uh, if you caught at the top of the show, uh, my background is in ministry. And when I made the switch working in a nonprofit to working in a for-profit, I really struggled with my identity. And uh, I'm 37 years old right now, Pat. And one of the things you'll find out is that uh, millennials especially, and they're not the only ones, but millennials want to have a purpose behind what they're doing. Mm. Um, you'll find that in, in any generation, but it is, it's amplified with millennials, that they want to have more value with uh, what they're doing. And, and they, they care more about uh, the purpose than they do the profit, although both are important. And so we've been able to lean into that and to create in our world an army of givers, especially with millennials. My my team is eighty percent millennials. It's a young. Wow. Group okay. And what what the what's the age for millennials again? Uh, anybody under thirty five right now? Uh, okay. The uh, all of our sales percent, huh? Yeah, I have one, two. I have three of my salespeople that are not millennials, uh, and everybody else is. It's it's wild. Okay. And so with these millennials and we're giving them purpose, uh, what we're doing is we're creating what I like to affectionately call a side hustle. And I actually had the privilege of doing a TED Talk on this a couple of months ago. So if you Google my name and, and TED Talks, I have two of them now, and this is one of them, is to talk about uh, running a for-profit with the heart of a nonprofit. And the core of it is there's, there's three ways that you can get there. The first is you start a new business. Think of Tom's Shoes, for example. Tom's Shoes is uh, set on the precedent to uh, buy a pair and give a pair. Um, Every pair of shoes that you buy, Tom's Shoes donates a pair to somebody in need in a third world country. And to date, they've given over 60 million pairs of shoes, and yet they're a highly profitable business. And so number one is you can start a business from scratch that that, that has purpose at the core of it. The second thing is uh, you can get kicked out and start anew. And that's where I found my purpose was, was starting over. Uh, I don't recommend that for anyone. And yet <laughs> it, was a re- it was a really great learned lesson for me, Pat, is I had this chance to study who I was going to be as a leader and the actual values of our organization that had people drawn to it as a magnet. Because for us, it, like I said, it's part of our value proposition. I mean, so people- like, what are some of the companies that you donate to that, that, that your millennials are kind of really gravitating for? You know what I mean? Like Tom's Shoes are they're all about you know needy kids with shoes right right and 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 they feel that uh so i had the privilege in 2010 of uh taking a a group of young people and we went down to uh, port-au-prince haiti uh, the Mm. capital of haiti and this was immediately after the earthquake well it was it was august of 2010 and uh as a sweaty person in general going to haiti in august of 2010 uh, was a very very wet experience uh, but we went there and we ended up working at a place called the Son of God Orphanage in Carrefour, Haiti. And 126 kids were calling this place home when we got there. Uh, 15 of us walked through what felt like a Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory ever shrinking doorway. And as we got through that doorway and found ourselves entering in, we had 126 kids grab onto us and not let us go. 
uh, in there we played for hours and we laughed and they spoke they spoke Creole and and we spoke English but we had the international language of, of love and playfulness and affection uh, that was running rampant and my heart broke at that moment. Um, fast forward to us coming back to the stateside, and three months later, I see across CNN.com a story that says that the Son of God orphanage in Carrefour, Haiti, is corrupt. And of the 126 kids that were there, a number of them had been uh, sold into the sex trade industry or reportedly uh, murdered for organ harvesting. Oh, my and, God. And my heart ripped out of my chest. And I said, these are kids that I've held. These are kids that I've cared about. And when you When you bend there everything changes. And, and for me, I had been there and I knew that I needed to do something because immediately after that, I found myself in a for-profit world working in real estate for the uh, first time full-time and I had wealth and I felt guilty about it. And turns out I'm not the only person that feels guilty sometimes about making a great living. And, and it wasn't to feel bad about what I had, but to, it was this call to action to do something more. And so I took those emotions and I, I met up with one of my good friends, Nick Shivers out of Portland, Oregon, runs an incredible real estate team there. And he and I both had hearts for third world countries and kids in third world countries and orphanages. And I actually wanted to start an orphanage so this kind of corruption wouldn't exist again. And it's really tricky and really expensive to start an orphanage. And so Nick and I started a movement for realtors and vendors and, and mortgage companies and title companies and everyone in between. It's called Sell a Home, Save a Child. If you go to sellahomesaveachild.org, we're empowering people throughout the real estate industry to give pay it forward gifts in honor of our clients. And so to get to your question, Pat, and that was, uh, what are we doing as like a nonprofit to get people excited or what kind of involvement do we have for folks on our team? People know from the moment that they start working here that we're in the business of saving kids and selling houses. Wow. I love this is deep. Saving kids and selling. Okay. So, so what happened? So take me through like the donation process and where's it go? Did you build an orphanage? What'd you do? Uh, at the at the root of it, um, you can sign up for different sponsorship levels, uh, and with different sponsorship levels, you can then use the sell a home, save a child marketing materials and that sort of thing. And so uh, it, it breaks down uh, to this: is that Nick and I give uh, in larger donations and larger formats than anybody else is uh, across the country. And yet some people are signing up for, uh, it's a $750 a month is the, like, the top tier uh, donation level. It starts as low as I think $250 a month. And you can choose to give uh, on a per transaction basis or just in a, in a lump sum, but it has to meet at least those minimums in order to use the advertising for it. And the idea is, is we want people to, to make a socially conscious decision to have purpose and meaning behind their business. And it's not just about the get, it's about the give. And the crazy business strategy about all this is that the law of attraction that comes from running a giving organization has created more business than we thought possible. Our clients uh, feel like they're a part of the mission. When they sit in our closing room, they look at pictures that we've taken from mission trips to save these very kids and to protect these girls from the sex trade industry and to protect them from living in the garbage dumps. And we tell that story to our clients. If you ever wanted to have something that aligns to your heart and is also a strategic business move. It's this. And it's, it's provided such inherent value, which means that we have less turnover for our team members. 
we have a higher likelihood of clients wanting to work with us. And then when it comes to negotiating fees, they don't really do it because they know that they're negotiating money that can go to help protect those girls. Yeah, because what did you say, 23%? Is that what you're uh, well, we have we have some local organizations that we're big supporters of as well, uh, but I, I I would say that we've given away twenty three percent of our net profit. Uh, okay. Organizations. And then what do you do in house? Like, do, do you have video chats, um, you know, with Haiti or with you know the organization, or how do you like? How do you remind your team uh, of the soul? that you've created. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm asking? I, I do. Uh, this isn't the only area in which we've given. In fact, one of the, one of the things that we've done is we've created uh, something called a multiply movement, uh, where if I'm the only one giving, it stops there, right? And our charge and our challenge is to have everybody be generous givers in our organization. And so we've created uh, three different multiply movements and I seeded them with some original cash out of my pocket. And this was done in 2016. So it's been running about a year and a half now. We had a, a multiply a local movement, um, which is helping nonprofits around the area here. And so people are actively volunteering in this because when I was covering the three areas of, of a way in which to infuse this into your organization, I again said, you start anew, you get kicked out. Or number three is you create a side hustle. And for us, we were an organization that was running, and so we created a side hustle. And this side hustle is our multiply movement. And so the local one is creating a movement where we're doing a gala here in a couple of months to raise hopefully up to $100,000 for the United Way of our area. And these are our team members who are running it and impacting the community so that it's not just something that we talk about, that we care about. It's something that we actually live out. The second one we did is we did a multiply us. And from that, I gave an original seed donation of $10,000 to this organization. And they've created an investment and a retirement account for our entire team, salespeople and admin alike. Um, that $10,000 original seed money is going to turn into millions of dollars of investments for people because we have two guys who used to be financial uh, planners on our team. And they're taking it and they're running it and they're creating opportunity for other people. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. And this third one, Pat, our third multiply group is we created a multiply global group where they're literally the fuel behind Sell a Home, Save a Child. It's not just me that's talking about it. 
I have a group of 10 engaged team members on a regular basis trying to figure out how do we create a higher level of engagement for my team, for this community, and for these kids in Nicaragua, Kenya, Haiti, and Mexico. Wow. And so the secret to all this here is that at the root of it, I've multiplied leadership and we've multiplied dollars and we've multiplied intentions in our community. Okay. So Eric, so, all right. So besides donating a million dollars amongst the team and, and getting their souls behind, you know, something, what are some other tips that you can give us for leadership of millennials because i think you've, <laughs> you've become not necessarily by design but you have become an expert at this uh thank you i think uh, <laughs> the the leadership of millennials is a really uh heavy laden question there's fortunately people out there uh who are smarter than me and more astute where i copy what they do and figure it out on my own um the first is, of course, I think to have purpose behind your business. That is, is a, a fundamental piece uh, that has led to retention and satisfaction and everything else. Um, one of the things about millennials that I find fascinating is that people often say that they're hard to lead. And I would, I would beg to differ. I actually think that millennials are sometimes easier to lead. Um, that is, of course, if you're hiring correctly, and that is going through an arduous amount of questions and, and uh, other things. But um, remember, I'm a, I'm a former youth director that worked at a church. I, I, I got paid not well, but I got paid to impact the lives of kids. And I loved working with kids because they believed they were dumb enough to believe that anything was possible. There was a built-in naivety uh, that comes with being a young person. The millennials are the same people that I was leading 10 years ago in the ministry world, that we would talk about possibilities instead of impossibilities. But then what mattered most is that they needed to know that I cared. Uh, they needed to know that I, they weren't working for me, but rather I was working for them. Because it's first in language. Um, I've heard once that your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, and your habits become your destiny. So your first thought with a millennial has to be, this is a person of value. This is a person who I want to enhance their world, and I know that they can enhance mine, right? So that there's your thoughts. Is You have to be thinking positively of this person because, Pat, if I, think it, if I don't think you're worth investing in, I'm not ever going to give you my best, mm. ever, ever, ever. And so if I'm giving my best to a millennial, I know without doubt that they're going to be able to step up and my thoughts then will become my words. And I'm an, if you know the five love languages, I'm a words of affirmation guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Well, let's dig into that just a little bit. Just what are the five love languages real fast? So sure. Uh, so there's, there's physical touch, which I recommend keeping out of the workplace. Yep. Of um, course. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Then there's uh, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, yep, which yep. makes sense, right? Giving them compliments. Correct. There's time. Time, quality time, right? Which yep. is hard to do in the workplace, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you can, you can have a one-on-one -on -one meeting, but, uh, but it's hard if you have a big organization. Okay, what's number four? Uh, acts of service. Acts of service. Yep. Yep, like, like uh, acts of service is uh, opening the car. Like in, in, a, in a marriage, right, it's like doing the dishes after she cooks or cooks, and then mm -hmm. she does mm -hmm. the dishes. You know what I mean? Okay, what's right. number, and what's the fifth one? Uh, gifts. 
gifts. So, you know, I guess you can encompass all of those, you know, in the workplace. What are you saying is the most important with millennials leading a real estate team? It's an, I think it's a combination of acts of service and words of affirmation. Okay. Acts um, it, of service mm-hmm. and words of affirmation. So, so let's hyper-focus on those two. Yes, sir. Love languages. How do you show acts of service uh, on a real estate team? Uh, it, it, it's shrinking down the space between uh, our words and our actions. And that ties to a, a words of affirmation as well. But allow, allow me to articulate that. Yeah, please. Uh, break it down. It, if I were to say to you, Pat, I really, really care about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm invested in your success. And then my actions don't show that. There is a yeah, but dissemination. How, what would you, how would you act, right? Would you sharpen the pencils for them? I mean, how do you, you got an employee, right, that's a receptionist. So you got an employee that's an agent. You're running around busy. How, how do you give them, besides giving them a $100 bill, right? How do you give them an act of what, what kind of service can you provide them? Coaching? Uh, I read a study once that said that uh, they did over at, at this corporate environment, they did in uh, a study of what brought the most satisfaction for team members. Uh, and they, they did three things. The first is they gave the $100 bonuses you just mentioned uh, as, as a way to say, here you go. I'm thankful for what you do. The second is, is they gave uh, a half a day off. So on Friday at noon, everybody's done. You get the rest of the day off. And the third is they threw a pizza party. And wouldn't you know, it was about 70% of people that were most satisfied with the pizza party, Hmm. the least expensive, and yet it was the most impactful. Because if I give you a hundred bucks, you're going to spend it on a bill. Uh, And if I give you a half day off, you're going to run errands. Hmm. And if if I give you a pizza party, I'm giving you an experience that you wouldn't necessarily forge on your own. So they value experiences. It's all about experiences, and, and therein lies the the root of your question here, Pat. Is yeah, I love how it. do how do we give that front desk person uh, an experience, and how do we make them feel loved through an act of service? And that is creating for them an environment that gives them value. It's creating for them a side hustle. It's having uh, a book study that speaks to them. It's about having a lunch group that they can engage with. It's about buying a gym membership for them because they wouldn't buy it on their own. It's uh, on the week before Christmas, gifting them $200 in cash and saying, you got to go spend this on yourself. It's doing all these acts of service to show up for your team that says, I see you. I value you. And even if my time doesn't allow me to be face-to-face with you, I care about you and I'm going to make sure that the people in your world know it. I love it. I love it. And and I I love that that you broke it down to, you know, experiences. You know, we've had a lot of experts come on here and say how millennials value experiences over, actually, when it comes to real estate, as buyers, they value experiences over space, right? In a house, right? Where, Where, you know, other generations value space you know they'll they'll get the biggest house they can and have all these rooms with nothing in them but then they'll never take a vacation and it's the opposite of millennials they're like i don't need that damn space what do i need that for all i need is a kitchen and a bedroom i'm, I'm exaggerating but um uh, you know but hey show me where all the festivals are and and i want to go travel the world so and again exaggeration but uh, just trying to get the point so let's go on to affirmation the second love language is that millennials need on a real estate team how do you ensure that your millennials 
are getting the appropriate amount of said love language. Uh, Simon Sinek, who's one of my favorite authors and speakers, talks a lot about dopamine. And dopamine, it's the, yes. Dopamine, yep. It, it's, this, it's this instant gratification thing that we get from social media, and it's how we're always looking uh, for, for affirmation. And it's how we're looking for that kind of support. And the ironic thing about most of our worlds is that it feels so much better to be face-to-face and to build somebody up than it does to, to get it through social media and other things. And so if we can understand the addiction that we have for that next text message or that next uh, Facebook message, and that is uh, when that comes, people are saying, I see you, I value you, I appreciate you. I must say in my world, uh, probably a half a dozen times a day, because every time I show up to the office, I do an intentional walkthrough and I make sure that every person is seen. They don't need to see me, but I need to see them. Mm. Stop by and I check in and I make sure that I know something about their personal life that's that's going on in the recent. I'm still a part of the interview process. And so I'm a part of learning a lot about them. But I'll stop by and I'll say, Lucas, how's your new baby? I know, uh, I know Oliver's only four months old. Are you getting enough sleep? Um, and he'll say, yeah, man, uh, I'm doing okay, but I'm struggling with work. And, and what I'll do then is, is I'll make sure that I say these words. And it's, it's 100% the truth. They'll say, man, I'm so proud of you. And, and affirming. Now, I, we could go back into, into daddy issues, and I got a lot of them uh, going back to hear, trying to hear those yeah, right. words. Right, everybody does, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I never heard those words from my dad growing up. Uh, he wasn't in my mm. life. and I craved hearing them. And so I simply am creating a world and a culture, millennials or not, where I'm trying to affirm people all the time and to tell them, if I think it, I'm going to say it, right? Your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, and your habits become your destiny. And it's my job to be an affirmer in my office every day. As there's a difference between leadership and management because management says this is what you're doing that's wrong sometimes. And leadership needs to do that also. And yet I'm not, I haven't earned the right to be heard by some of these people because I'm not their direct report. To my direct reports, we talk all the time about the things that they need to do to increase their production in their world. But for the majority of my team, they're not my direct reports. And so all they hear from me is affirmation. They won't hear any negatives, just my direct reports will. Wow. Wow. I, I love that, that, dude. I love that. That's awesome, mate. I love how you've brought, you know, the five love languages to a real estate team because it's an awesome book. I've read it several times and I mean, it's, it's spot on. It's right. It's correct. So, so this, this, this is really cool. Okay. Um, so Eric, as you know, everybody that comes on the show uh, brings with them a free gift to give to the Rockstar Nation. Uh, and we put that gift in our agent success toolbox. What are you bringing today for the agents listening? Uh, I'm going to give you an electronic version of our pre-listing packet. Uh, awesome. it, is, uh, it is literally <laughs> uh, worth hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars, because we have, uh, uh, we have tweaked and critiqued and, and come up with uh, our entire pre-listing gift that we can give to our, our clients that we're also now giving to you. So it's 32 pages wow. long of uh, incredible over-the-top type of stuff. That's awesome, dude. Okay, so guys, I am going to put that on hybendigital.com backslash Eric H. That's hybendigital. Let's see. I think you, you since you were on one time before, I'm going to put Eric, Eric H. 2. Make this easy. Well, here's the thing, too, guys. Eric is spelled with a K. 
but anyways, Eric with a K, H, and the number two. That's Eric H2. Hybendigital.com backslash Eric H2. All that and all of Eric's information are going to be on the show notes, in the show notes, everything that we've talked about today. In addition to that, it will always be in the Agent Success Toolbox, which can be found on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, or by texting the word toolbox to 444 999. Uh, Eric, Mr. Eric Hatch, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it and good catching up with you. Thanks, brother. God bless. This episode is brought to you in full by Rebus University, the future of real estate training. Go now to www.rebusuniversity.com and use the coupon code ROCK for 20% off your first course. Double your commissions now with Rebus University. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast, and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening, and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.